G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. If you want personal peace, it comes down to thinking right and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best and not the worst, the beautiful and not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Today in A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that we find real peace when our thoughts and emotions are in harmony with the Lord. If you want personal peace, it involves the heart and the mind. This is the day when the lost are found. things to worry about, just turn on the news. One crisis after another, 24 hours a day. The old saying in the news business is, if it bleeds, it leads. But the Lord calls us to set our minds on things above. And today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie shows us why. When we've made our peace with God, it's so easy to enjoy the peace of God. And Pastor Greg shows us how to enjoy a biblical worldview that's not mired in worry and fear. is a completely negative thing to have in your life. Actually, modern medical research has proven that worry breaks down our resistance to disease. It actually diseases the nervous system, specifically the digestive organs and the heart. 79 to 90% of all visits to primary care physicians are stress-related complaints. Now, this happened to me not long ago. I thought maybe I'm having a heart problem because I was feeling pressure uh, in my chest and I thought, is this a heart thing? And so I Googled symptoms of heart attack. It said pressure in chest. Yeah, I've got that. And then it said nausea and I immediately felt nauseated. I'm not like right there, I felt nauseated. So I I thought, I'm going to my doctor. I didn't even tell Kathy about this. She was out doing something. I I drove to my doctor. I said, I'm afraid I might be having a heart attack. So he did an EKG in me. There was nothing wrong with me at all. Then the bill came a week later and I did have a heart attack. (laughs) Seriously, those things are expensive. Well, what I've been doing is I've been playing racquetball again. I used to do that many years ago. And uh, in my attempt to get that crazy little ball, I've slammed up against the wall a few times. And uh, so I bruised my chest hitting the wall. It's not a heart attack. It's just idiocy in action is what it actually is. But there's all these things that we worry about that don't help us at all actually. So let's try to stop worrying. You say, well, it's easy for you to say, well, I know, but I want you to consider who wrote the words we're about to read. They were written by the Apostle Paul under adverse circumstances. When Paul wrote the words we're about to read, he was 
under house arrest. But he gives to us some of the most inspiring words found in the pages of Scripture, a series of verses that every believer should know and even commit to memory. I'm talking about Philippians 4, starting in verse 4, and we'll read down to verse 8. Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Or literally, don't worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Look at this promise. And the peace of God that passes all human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. This is the biblical worldview on overcoming fear and worry. Three elements I want to bring to your attention. It's right praying, verses six to seven. It's right thinking, verse eight. And finally, right living, verse nine. So right praying, right thinking, right living. Let's start with the first one, right praying. The next time you're tempted to worry, pray instead. Notice it says, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, that's an important element before the prayer is answered. Because they take time to worship my Father and remind myself of His greatness and power. And in doing so, I automatically put my own problems into their proper perspective. When I see God in His glory, I see my problems the way I should see them. Big God small problems. Big problems. Small God. So right praying. Then number two, you need right thinking. Right thinking. If you're taking notes, you might write that down. Verse eight. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure and lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. Here's another translation of that verse. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you do your best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best and not the worst, the beautiful and not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. I love this. If you want personal peace, it involves the heart and the mind. Because Isaiah 26 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. So think about what you think about. It's sort of like when you sit down to eat. It will affect you. For instance, I can't eat certain kinds of food late at night. Because I have acid reflux. What a drag it is. Because I love to eat food late at night. Also, I can't drink caffeine after seven o'clock because it will keep me up all night. So there's a cutoff point for me and coffee. So I have to think about it because I know that coffee or that food will have a direct effect on me. So I need to look at that in life in general. This thing, this show I'm gonna watch in TV, what kind of effect will it have on me? This movie that I'm about to go to, what effect will this movie have on me? This music I'm gonna listen to, what effect will this have in me? See, if you want personal peace, it comes down to praying right, and it comes down to thinking right, and it comes down to guarding what you put in your mind. 
great to have you with us today on A New Beginning, as Pastor Greg Laurie is helping us to think biblically. We're discovering that if our minds are in tune with the Lord, it'll lower our fear and worry. Let's continue. Why is the mind important? Well, because this is command central right here. And by the way, why am I bald? Because grass doesn't grow on busy streets. See, that's... <laughs> us bald people, we know all the jokes. Trust me, we've heard them all. But it's right here. I think about something before I do it. I contemplate it here in my mind first. You see, with my mind, I reach to the past through memories. I reach to the future through imagination. So I need to learn how to think properly and biblically. And as 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So the next time you're troubled, you might try talking to yourself. Say, Greg, are you out of your mind? No, well, listen to what I'm saying. Because we need to say to ourselves, think biblically. Because these things don't always come naturally. For instance, we see the psalmist in some despair in Psalm 42. He says in Psalm 42, verse 15, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? Notice, many of the psalms are songs and prayers, right? And they're honest. And as you read some of those Psalms, uh, he says things that you and I say. Well, I dare not pray that. No, go ahead and pray that. Lord, I'm hurting right now. I'm in pain right now. I don't understand this right now. I'm struggling with this right now. And so the Psalmist says, why are you troubled, soul? Why are you disquieted? Then he sort of talks to himself and says, put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, for he is my Savior and my God. So sometimes you know, you're getting down. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this situation. I'm afraid. And then you say, listen, self. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And the peace of God that passes all human understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Quote the Bible to yourself and remind yourself of the truth of God's word. That's what it means to think biblically. So it's right praying and it's right thinking and there's one more, right living. Right living, verse nine. These things that you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. You cannot separate outward action and inward attitude. You need to live these things out in your life. Now let me say this. Studies have found that 85% of the things that we worry about never happen. So a lot of you, ah, it's good to know. But some of you are thinking, yeah, but what about the other 15%? That's a good point. What about the other 15%? What about that fear or that worry? What if this happens and then it does happen? In fact, not only does it happen, but something even worse than you were considering happens, what then? Well, then the Lord will be with you in your time of difficulty. Listen, God has not promised we're gonna live in a pain-free world. It's been nine years now since our son Christopher left us and went to heaven. And um, you never get over this. And I just talked to a couple who've been married 10 years longer than Kathy and I have, 52 years. And they lost their son like 34 years ago. 
And they told me, you, you, you never get over it. Because you don't expect your children to die before you. You expect you die, then your children will die. And it's out of the natural order. You don't ever plan on what, what kind of casket you'll choose for your child's funeral. And those are the kinds of issues you have to deal with when a child dies or when a loved one dies. And so you say, well, Greg, this is kind of scary to me and even a little frightening for you to even talk about this. Okay, I understand that, but, but we need to face facts. Loved ones are gonna die and hardship will come in our lives. Now, some live relatively pain-free lives, but the rest of us don't get out that way. We live in the land of the dying, but we're headed to the land of the living. You see, so that's the good news. But we have to face these things. But here's the good news. When death comes, and yes, it will come, we have this promise from Jesus when he says in Revelation 1.17, don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I died, but look, I'm alive forevermore. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. Oh, I'm so glad he holds the keys. If I had the keys, they would have been lost for years now. I lose every set of keys all the time. Just... I have these little things to find my keys. It's just pathetic. Uh, I even lose hotel keys, but Jesus never loses the keys. And he's saying, don't be afraid. I'll be there for you. So here's the thing. Most of the stuff you worry about isn't gonna happen. And when things do happen, God will be there for you in the middle of it. You know, someone asked me not long ago, what was the most spiritual moment of your life? In other words, when, when is the time in your life when you felt God's presence more than any other? Well, I had to think about it. I thought, let's see. Was it the day of my conversion? Oh, that was a wonderful moment. I still remember it vividly. That wasn't it. Was, it. was it the day I was baptized? Oh, I remember that day like it was yesterday. But that wasn't the most spiritual moment. Was it the day I married Kathy? As wonderful as that day was, that was not my most spiritual moment. And then I realized the most spiritual moment of my life, in other words, a moment where I felt the presence of God more than any other was when I heard the news that my son had died and God was there with me. And here's my point to you. God will be with you, giving you what you need when you need it. Not necessarily before and never after. So don't worry about it. But let me just say this in closing. For some of you that have joined us here, you might be afraid today. You've come in here with something that scared you. Maybe it's a medical scare. Uh, maybe it's a, a loved one that's died recently. Maybe you had a close brush with death or you're just in panic about something. And here's what you need to know. God can remove that worry and replace it with a peace that passes all human understanding. And when you have all of your bases covered, you don't have to be afraid. You know why Daniel was able to sleep peacefully in the lion's den after he was arrested for praying publicly? It's because he knew he was in a win-win situation. Win-win. Option number one, he has a good night's sleep and uses a big fat cat for a pillow. <laughs> Option number two, he's eaten by one of the cats and ends up in heaven. It was win-win. And it's the same for us. Our options are win-win. That's why Paul said to live as Christ and to die as gain. So my option is this. I can live for the Lord, walk with the Lord, discover His plan for me in this life, and then when death does come, I go straight to heaven. It's win-win. It's a great thing to know.
But if you're not a believer in Jesus, listen to this, it's lose-lose. Not win-win, lose-lose, not even win-lose. As some might think, it's lose-lose. Because in this life, you live with guilt. In this life, you live with the repercussions of your sin. In this life, you don't have the peace that passes all human understanding. In this life, you don't have God. And in the afterlife, you'll be separated from God for all eternity, lose-lose. But you can change that today by believing in Jesus. You say, well, what do you mean by that? I mean by praying and asking God to forgive you of all of your sin. Because 2,000 years ago, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. And if we'll turn from our sin and believe in Him, He will come and live inside of us. And we can know with certainty we'll go to heaven when we die. We're gonna close now in prayer. And I'm gonna extend an invitation for anybody here to believe in Jesus who has not yet made this commitment. So if you need Christ in your life, if you need this peace we've been talking about, if you wanna be free from your fear and worry, respond to this invitation. Let's all pray. Father, thank you for loving us so much that you sent Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming. And now I pray for every person here who is in attendance or is watching or listening. If they don't know you yet, help them to come to you, help them to believe in you, and help them to be forgiven by you, we would ask now. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie, closing with an important prayer. And wherever you stand with the Lord today, you can make a change and make things right. We heard in today's message the importance of coming to Jesus for the forgiveness of our sin. Now, if you've never done that before, Pastor Greg would like to explain exactly how you can come to Christ. Sometimes people wonder, well, how does one become a Christian? Sometimes you'll hear people say, well, I'm in the process of converting. Listen, you're either converted or you're not converted. Conversion doesn't take years. It doesn't take months. It doesn't even take hours. It can happen in a flash. Listen, God is only a prayer away. You need to admit your sin to God, turn from it, and put your faith in Jesus Christ, and you can know that you'll go to heaven when you die. Have you done that yet? If not, it would be my privilege to lead you in a prayer of asking Christ to come into your life and forgive you of your sin. If you would like to do that, please pray this prayer after me right now. Again, if you want Christ to come into your life, pray this prayer after me now. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but you died on the cross for my sin and paid the price for every wrong I've ever done. I turn from that sin now, and I ask you to come into my life. Be my Savior, be my Lord, be my God, and be my friend. I choose to follow you from this day forward. Thank you for loving me and calling me and accepting me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer in a minute, Jesus Christ himself has come to live inside of you. The Bible says, for as many as received him, he gave them the power to become sons of God. As you just prayed that prayer, you are receiving him. So God bless you. 
and welcome to the family of God. And you know what? We have some great resources we want to send you to grow spiritually. And all those resources are assembled for you in our New Believers Growth Packet. It's free to those who've made a first-time commitment to Christ today. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. The team would also love to pray with you too. That's 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. Well, next time, Pastor Greg continues his Worldview series with some great insight on where contentment is found. It's not found in where the world tells us to look. We'll find out where tomorrow on A New Beginning. For a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The Biblical Worldview on Overcoming Fear and Worry. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.